You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 27, and today we're talking about podcasting for profit, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I'm super excited to be hanging out with you here today because I'm going to be chatting with today's guest about how to profit from your podcast. So many people start a podcast and don't continue with it, or they don't even get started because they're aware of the amount of energy, of time that goes into producing their podcast, and they don't know how to monetize that. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, Anne-Marie Cross is dubbed the podcasting queen. She's an award-winning podcast host and producer and has produced numerous podcasts since she began back in 2008. She supports ambitious change makers and thought leaders to go from invisible to influential using podcasting. And that's what we're going to talk about today because podcasting is such a fabulous platform to position your authority, to get your name out there, to have more influence, to have more impact and all of that and more. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode and start to discover how we can profit from podcasting. Good morning, Anne-Marie. It's so wonderful to have you here on the Thought Leaders Business Lab and welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. Looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to this. It's always wonderful when I've got someone on the show that is titled the Podcast Queen. I know that we're going to have a great time I, <laughs> with your with your crown on and uh, yes, waving. I can imagine you waving to all our listeners. <laughs> I have to jump in and say, you know, often people say, well, how did you come up with the name The Podcast Queen? And I say, look, while I love to give credit that I came up with it, it was actually something that people started to call me. Uh-huh. And it was years ago, one of my guests, because she heard of all the different podcasts I was hosting and producing, she said, oh, you are the queen of podcasting. And that's how people were referring to me. And you know, here in Australia, we love to take the mickey out of ourselves. And I oh, thought, oh, totally. my people. I And it actually took me a few years to finally get comfortable with it. And I thought, you know what? I just need to embrace it. And, and I had a little caricature um, created, you know, with, with a funny a kind of a looking thing. And um, But it's just stuck. And sometimes you go by what the audience and by what your community, because that's the way they see you because of all of the things that you're sharing, which I think all of us as thought leaders, we, we, we really need to be mindful of what are people saying about us. And, and, and yeah, so I've embraced it. And there you go. That's kind of the backstory to the story. And I love that you shared that right off the bat. We got some gold right there. Didn't even know that that was going to come out. But it's so true, especially as Australians. I noticed that we tend to you know, have that tall poppy thing happening and, and we shy away and, and don't embrace those kinds of things mm. as much as, as you know, we could. But I think it's, you know, what you said is very important straight up that listen mm. to what other people are saying. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think something else on that, I mean, someone actually approached me and said, how do I become the queen of something? And I said, you know, what you need to do is be passionate about the topic that you're talking about and just do it day in and day out and continue to learn and develop that skill. And, and people will start to notice. And so often it's a culmination of those things. But Day in and day out, I think getting that message out, that consistency across all platforms, and then people will start to notice. And uh, that's kind of how it, how it builds. So do it with intention and purpose, for sure. Totally, totally. Mic drop. We, we don't need to go any further. We've got all the value. <laughs> no, only joking. Today, we're going to talk about podcasting, which is one of my most favorite things to do. And, and I'm going to be guessing probably one of your most favorite things to do, seeing you are the podcast queen. Before yes. we even get started, because we are going to go into um, the podcast profit framework. But before we dive mm-hmm. in, I'd love you to share a little bit about how you even got to where you are now doing what you're doing. Well, back in 2008, I don't know if you recall that and and your listeners will recall that time, that was the year that the global financial crisis hit. And I was in the career industry and had been in that industry for quite some time as a personal branding strategist, helping people with their resumes, job interview coaching, all of that stuff. And a colleague and I were talking one day and and we were reflecting on how so much of the traditional media, TV, radio, print, were talking about the doom and gloom. And yes, things were really tough. People were losing their jobs. I was contracted to quite a large job board in the US. So I had a lot of clients that I was coaching and everyone was quite despondent. And we knew that if they continued to listen to the news, as often we, you know, we can really be swayed by the negativity, it was going to continue to impact their approach to their job search. And whilst things were tough, jobs were far more you know, difficult to get, we knew they needed to change their approach in job search. So we said, you know, we need to start a radio show. We need to be the voice of, of uh, hope and inspiration. And so we did. We had absolutely no idea what we were doing. We used a platform back then, which is still around today, Blog Talk Radio. The only difference was it was live. So the horror oh, wow. stories where, you know, we would drop off, our guests would drop off. Uh, we had, um, uh, you know, the Ma- Ivan Meisner uh, from B&I, the, the, the founder yes. of B&I, we'd taken months to, to get him organised. And six minutes into the show, both my host, co-host and I were dropped off the, the <gasps> show board. Oh, Thank no. you. One of the executives, B&I executives, who knew him very well, was also on the call because we were doing a, a kind of a panel interview was there and as we struggled to get back in. So back in. So it was quite, um, yeah, a, a huge learning curve for us. Everything was kind of live. But once we did that for two years, we made a significant impact in, you know, in the lives of many of our listeners we across the globe and we've met so many fantastic connections. I mean, podcasting is a great way to build connections with like-minded people mm. and from that relationships develop. And we did that for two years. He then got in more into the digital marketing and I was more working with executives uh, who had then transitioned into entrepreneurship, helping them with their branding and so forth. But I continued podcasting and had a number of different shows. And then, of course, fast forward to about 18 months, two years ago, people started coming to me and saying, well, look, you've been doing podcasting for a while. Can you teach us? Can you show us? So we've taken time to to kind of put together a number of different offerings that we now support our clients with. But really taking that message, that brand, that message, and into a podcast form and then, and but helping them monetize that as best as possible from the very first podcast, which then, of course, is the the profit uh, framework that we're going to talk about a little bit later. 
totally. And what a great story out of, you know, adversity, the phoenix rises. But, you know, you've made a very important point there that as entrepreneurs and thought leaders, we actually have such an amazing opportunity now to change the world by thinking of ourselves as media companies rather Mm. than, you know, having people listening to traditional media, which very much does talk about a lot of doom and gloom. And if we think about ourselves as media companies, we can get our message heard by so many more people. Absolutely. You know, when I first started one of my shows, I still do that today. It started off as Business Success Podcast, but then I changed the name to The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. That show uh, ended up being syndicated on a national radio show in Zimbabwe, of all places. What had happened was one of my listeners had been very much inspired by many of my guests and through different um, insights that he, he it kind of you know supported him in diversifying his career path and he then subsequently took on a role as a, a DJ and then a program manager on that web that uh, uh, radio show and he said I'd love to to you know play some of the shows on on our radio show would you would you give us you know your permission so of course so you just don't know where your voice ends up and mm. who you impact and inspire Totally. And is that something that you that happens a lot? I've not heard of that happening before. No, it, it's, it, it doesn't happen a lot at all. However, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you really niche, and, and some of these things we're going to talk about in a moment, when you really have that niche message and you really are making an impact... People will reach out to you. I mean, I've started another podcast. That was the Christian Entrepreneur Podcast. That's a daily show that we do. And I was contacted by a programming manager uh, in Perth from a local radio show. And she said, look, would you mind if we syndicated that show on our local radio show? We're always looking for content. And I said, look, absolutely. You know, you just, if you, and, and this is this is something that comes about often from the guests that are on the show. Now, she listened to a show that I did with a gentleman who is in the US and he has got severe mental um, issues. But through that, he's, he was also a teacher, but he started up a part-time drumming school mm-hmm. and he loves drumming and that helps him with his um I think he was bipolar, if I recall, because I've had a few guests with a diff- you know, number of different mm. issues who were really speaking into that. And so through her, his story, she was so moved. She was sent it by someone who listened to the show, and she was so moved. She said, we want to hear and feature these stories on our, pod- on our radio show. So that's the kind of thing that happens. You know what? I, I always create the content knowing that people are going to get value out of that. Mm-hmm. And if you continue to do that, providing value, sharing your own insights, and, you know, amongst the story that your guest is sharing uh, and you just, you know, know and trust that whoever needs to hear it will, those kind of things then happen. I, I tend not to do it with the, with the mindset that will this get me, this will that get me. I just create the content and know that whoever needs to hear it will. I love that because the intention, when the intention is there to add value, that's when the gold comes out because you're not trying to manufacture it and turn it into something Uh, which never has the same feel or never goes to where it needs to go. We had this little chat before we started recording. I I never know where these episodes are going to go or what's going to come out. And I love that. That's the beautiful part because we never know what rabbit hole we're going to go down. And 
there was a few years ago that I had a, I was on an online marketing podcast and he said, look, I've never had anyone talking about Instagram. Can we talk about Instagram? Oh yeah, sure. Just ask me whatever you want. That's fine. No worries. Anyway, we got to the end of this 40 minute interview and you know, we had not mentioned Instagram once because he was such a great interviewer that he Mm -hmm. sort of caught something I said and we ended up going down this rabbit hole of talking about loneliness and depression in entrepreneurship. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we had a laugh afterwards and said, if we had have stayed the course, there is no way that particular conversation would have come out. And that's exactly what people needed to hear. And we just went with it. Yeah. Love that. Great, love great story. And that happens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Now the podcast profit framework, why don't you tell us a little bit about why we would want to, or what we would learn from having this framework? Yeah, this framework has come about because the two years that I spent with my co-host, whilst we were impacting many people's lives and developing fantastic relationships, we really struggled. I'm being transparent here. We struggled to monetize it and we tried everything that we could to try and get even a small bit of money to fund what we were doing. Because as you know yourself and those people who have their own podcast, is a lot of work in the background that we need to do and post-production and ongoing promotion and so forth. But we struggled and we even hired a, a mentor who... Because podcasting back then, we'd have to explain to a lot of people what a podcast was. There was no real way on on, um, really profiting from that and and monetizing that. So when I started my own podcast, I, again, the the intention wasn't there originally to monetize, but I had a, a mentor back then and she helped through her organization that was based in the US. They were from the old radio, traditional radio, but they'd been able to develop various sponsorships and so forth that was very different from traditional radio, which often, you know, goes on on clicks and, and listeners listens and so forth, but more from a real get paid what you're worth aspect. So they taught me, you know, how to look at sponsorship and all those kind of things. And I realized that we really, before we even launch our podcast, need to think about how am I going to monetize this? But how am I going to, while of course always bringing value, what is the, the goal in mind? And often when we don't have the goal in mind, we can't plan the steps. It's like going on holiday. We will spend a lot of time figuring out where we're going to go, how we're going to get there, uh, all of those different things. And when I look back to the career industry that I was in, a lot of people never put a career management plan in place. And then I recognize that if we don't have a plan in place to monetize the podcast, it's not going to be done. So, And that's where the steps came out because I realized we have to identify first what is that process that we're going to do, then develop the plan and then, of course, the production and the publishing, promoting and, and so forth comes after that. But what the end of mind, how are we going to leverage that and, and generate the best return on investment? Uh, and that's how the, the pipeline came to be or the profit uh, framework came to be. Love it. So for people that are listening, when we go through this framework, does it matter whether someone is thinking about starting their, their podcast and able to put this framework in right from the beginning or are we able to put this framework in if we already have a podcast? 
Yes, that's the beautiful thing about this. And and here's where it starts at the beginning. And I'll just share the, the steps. First of all, this purpose. This is really the why. What do you want to do with it? And of course, as thought leaders, and even for those that are aspiring thought leaders, you want to have in place, what is that thought leadership, that topic, that title, that thing that I want to become known as the go-to thought leader around that? We need to start with that in the mind. Then, of course, we need to plan the steps in place, lots of different elements into that. But then once you know those two, things then you can start to produce your content then the next step publishing and then of course promoting and then profiting from that so if someone has already got a podcast in place there may be some tweaks that they need to do and this is really refining what what's working really well where are we gaining some leverage and what steps can we put into place that will enable us to really capture some leads now one of the things that I've been doing and it's been working really well in my own business and also for the clients that we've implemented it is to start off by creating a three-part podcast series where the the host or the, the thought leader is the interviewee, so the guest expert, and sharing his or her knowledge. So that really dives in deep. And the reason why it's a three-part is because when I launched Women in Leadership podcast, I had three shows that were released on my website I was the host, so not sharing my expertise. But from that, after the three shows alone, I was able on the same day and, and, and consistently, uh, you know, four-figure clients, they would list Google, business consultant branding, find my website, listen to the podcast, obviously the peripheral content because, you know, the blog posts and, and the, the social media continue to confirm that I knew what I was talking about. But that built no like, and trust. And through hearing my voice and the conversation with my guests, they were able to, again, really trust that I could support them. And then they rang me and then and pretty much it was really, what's the best process? This is what we're struggling with. What do you recommend? How can we start? And so a three-part allows you to dive in deeply enough but move that person through the buying cycle if you will far quicker so that your ideal client is going through that they're more likely at the end of that three-part podcast series contact you or whatever call to action that um, is you know we determine is the best process but to access that three-part podcast series will require them to sign up for it so obviously the basic would be a name and email address but then you take them through that sequence now that particular podcast series is what becomes your call to action from your podcast. Now, this hasn't been proven by any studies that I know yet, but I kind of put myself in the, you know, like the behavior of the consumer's shoes. Now, if I'm listening to a podcast, it'll probably mean that I love listening to audio. And often what we do as business owners, we'll create our, our you know, free gift, our, our offer, uh, our lead generation, you know, that free tool yeah. or whatever we give you know that enticing yeah, thing. We'll lead magnet or whatever yeah, yeah, lead magnet. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly we'll often put together you know we might have an ebook or there might be a video series or something like that now if you think that someone's listening they have more audio um, communication styles so learning styles in that instance so if we throw a book in their face or an ebook they're mo most likely not going to consume it but they will consume something that they're consuming already, which is the audio. And what we want to do is we want to maintain that know, like, and trust and that deeper engagement, which, as we know, a podcast can do because someone's listening to your voice. You really can take them on a journey than if they're reading something because often when we read, we scan very quickly. Mm -hmm. We bring our own perceptions to the conversation um, and so it's not as deeper a connection, which is why we say to people, if you're going to do a call to action from your podcast, 
make it a podcast series. And that's what we're using um, as that, that lead generation tool. Um, and then there's obviously some other components that we put in there. But here's why this will work really well. So if someone's listening, even the guests are sharing this with their audience and people get to know, like, and trust you because you're a fantastic host and obviously the topic is very much aligned to where you speak into, if your call to action then is to you know, access this incredible resource, people are most likely going to want to access that. And I would much you know, prefer that to get a lead or, and, and build my list than a like on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as we know, or even a comment. People can tend to do that, but a lot of people, would I would much rather get them off the podcast and into my uh, community, uh, my uh, newsletter database. And so that's the strategy that we use. So... If you decide to continue an ongoing podcast, that is why I say you can start generating leads and then nurturing those leads into paying clients from your very first podcast because that is the three-part podcast series. Now, if you've already got a podcast going, there's nothing stopping you from creating a podcast series and using that as your opt-in and then funneling every single conversation that you have with your guests is your call to action as uh, the podcast series. So that's kind of really around the purpose the why, and I call that your, your and this is another term, another tongue twister, your podcast profit pipeline. You get <laughs> I'm glad pipeline. that you said that. I'm glad <laughs> that you said that because I'm tripping over my peas today. I just want to stop you there. This three-part series, is this mm-hmm. part of the regular podcast? So is this just the first three episodes or is this something that's completely different, like a, a video opt-in that we would create on our website that sits completely separate? What I have done, and this is working really well, is is actually to keep all of those episodes open as well because every single one of those episodes is a touch point. However, at the end of each of those episodes, the call to action is the podcast series because you say to them, look, this is episode one or episode two, Um, go and get access to all three because you also include some other things, maybe some checklists or something that adds even more value that you're taking people through as they're going through your podcast series. So that means you've got three additional pieces of content that you can continue, people can continue to find and can continue to um, you know generate interest in. But the thing is, even if people find you on Apple Podcast or some other device, the call to action that you include the other pieces of content is, is going to be so valuable that they can't help but go and sign up and access all of that because you're building that thought leadership. You know, many years ago, Samantha, and you might have had mentors that have said this too, that have said, don't give away your best material. Keep oh, that that's so people. old school no, though, isn't so, it? Yeah. <laughs> I say to people, Give away everything that you can because there's no way that you can give every single piece of you because you are yourself. When you're working with a client, even if you've given everything in a podcast series or written it in a book, the insights that you can can get, you know, garner through working with someone individually or even in a group coaching program will far outweigh what they can gain from from a podcast interview. But it is going to really set you up as that thought leader because you've spoken specifically into the challenge and the struggles that your particular client is, go, you know, is, is going through. However, each, so each of those podcasts are the three podcasts that you start with, but they lead people back into your podcast series. 
And I don't know whether you've had this. I'm sure you have. Often people will listen to one show and then they go, I can't wait to binge listen to the entire series. You know, and to that was the other thing I was going to mention just a little bit before, and, and we have circled back here, is that generally with podcasts, that's what most people do. We're in this. Yeah. It's the same as Netflix. That's the way we consume our content these days. Mm-hmm. If we find yeah. one thing that we like, you know, if I'm on Netflix and I find one show that I like, I just binge watched Younger, the whole of Younger, yeah. <laughs> five seasons of it in, you know, mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks because I didn't want to wait or watch it at another time and I do the same with my podcasts if I find a podcast that I like and it was funny I just found a new one uh, earlier this week and I consume a lot of audio because I spend a lot of time walking in my days Um, Mm -hmm. I will just start at one episode and just listen to the you know to hundreds of episodes so that's a really valid point that people are if they don't like your show, they'll only listen to one episode. But if they like it, they'll generally go through and binge listen to all of them. That's correct. Absolutely. And for those uh, people, and often we will interview others because, and some people do more of a lecture where they're sharing. Uh, however, if you are doing more of an interview style because you're using it as a way to really build influential relationships with other key stakeholders, you're obviously not really going to be able to give any depth or width of your content because you're, you're interviewing someone. However, they do come back. They, this is what I say, and I heard this from a mentor of mine. So they come for the content, but they come back for the host. So as a host, obviously the communication skills and how you interact and manage the show is important. But if they like you and resonate with you, they'll come back to listen to another show. But what they, what you'll find is if you've got three specific shows that you say, look, if you're struggling with X, Y, and Z, there's a whole series where I dive deep into X, Y, you know, A, B, and C. And by the way, I've also included some checklists to help you walk through that. And so you give them some real quick wins. And, of course, as they continue to go through that, that series, no like and trust is going to be built by you or, you know, with, with you and they're more likely then to connect with you and reach out because of, of going through that. But that works extremely well. There's a couple of things. Let me just share briefly. What, three are things that you want to be very mindful of in the podcast series. This is in the episode, in each of those episodes, but also as the three part as a whole. So you need to obviously engage with the interviewer so that you become known as that thought leader. You also want to educate, but there's a three-pronged approach that I use when I'm working with clients. Obviously, you want to provide value throughout each episode. You want to challenge the status quo because so often people have their perceptions um, of what the industry is saying. So you want to speak a, a, a couple of key things around that which you're doing differently and why that's working and, and really helping people accelerate their success or whatever they're looking at achieving. But you also want to dispel any mistruths and misconceptions. Really important because it is is like a sales marketing tool and there's, there's a way that you can do that really subtly. But mm-hmm. You've got to communicate and speak into the objections Um, So that by the time someone comes through one podcast episode, then the second one, then the third one, and sometimes you might even say, if you go and listen to it again, because you really need to get this into, you know, who you are and get this into your muscle. One of my teachers used to say, get it into your muscle. Um, (laughs) Then the enticing, enticing people. And that is really um, getting them to the point where they've listened to the three parts and they go, well, I have no excuse and, and you can include case studies, statistics, all of that, all your content as well. But then when we get to the end of the podcast series and 
there's no excuse. All right, I'm going to call because I've heard that call to action three or four times and I want to have a, a, a conversation. And then, of course, if you do that well, you're so much more likely to enroll your ideal clients into working with you because you've built that front-end relationship and pretty much people will be ringing you. Maybe there's a couple of questions, but often they're ready to go and it's just, just a few different things that they need to be mindful of or want to have answered. Mm, love it. Roll and roll into your programs. Love it. So, so for someone that hasn't started their podcast, you would suggest these the first three episodes? I would. I would focus on that first because that is something that you would launch. And here's where you can use that. I say to, I, I say to all of my clients, your URL forward slash podcast series. That podcast series page is a squeeze page where obviously you've got what what's included and the you know the bonus checklist and everything. But now, of course, as thought leaders, we're always looking at ways to really get our brand out there, brand awareness. So we may be going on other people's podcasts, we may be writing articles and blog posts, doing Facebook live videos, even being interviewed by other media and speaking on stage. Now, often these opportunities do not allow you to sell. However, what you can say is at the end of any interview, say, look, I've only scratched the surface, but I dive so much deeper into my podcast series. I, you know, you might share a little bit of what's included in that and here's how you sign up for that. And so you get all of those people in that audience to then go across to that podcast series oh, and that yes. gets them directly into your funnel. It becomes that digital asset really that you can continue to, to leverage and repurpose wherever you go. And then, of course, if you do decide to, to do an ongoing podcast, because here's something else which I found too, you don't necessarily need for a thought leader to do an ongoing podcast. If you have this podcast series and you speak on stage, how many people come up to you? I loved what you said. Do you have a podcast? Well, now you can say, yes, I do. I have a podcast series. Give me a card and I'll, I'll, I'll give you access to that. Or they can go and subscribe if you give them that URL. And there you go. And so this is often something else which I say, say to, to my clients. Start that off first. Have a three-part podcast series so you can say to people, yes, I do. Here it is. As you start to build your list, and you're generating income because there's a whole strategy behind that to help you enroll your clients, then if you decide, I love this podcasting like you and I do, we're passionate yes. about it, yes. now you've got an existing audience who has already heard you, loved you, and probably already working with you. So when you do launch an ongoing podcast, here's the list and your ambassadors who are going to help you get it out there. So you, yeah, you can use that existing list that you're building to launch a future podcast if that's something that you've decided that you want to do. So what about for someone that's listening that goes, wow, that sounds great, and they already have a podcast, how can they implement this strategy into what they're already doing? Sure. Well, what I would say to them is, okay, what you want to do if you haven't got a three-part podcast series as your call to action, so you're, you know, your lead and your lead generator, create that first, get that set up, and then start to see that in your coming, you know, in your podcast with your guests if you've got that, and say, look, I'm creating something because, you know, again, it all has to be authentic. But I'm sure many of the people who are listening to their existing podcast are struggling with the things that you're going to address and provide really good information. Around around and so you seed into that that this is a resource that I'm creating and I know that you love listening to podcasts and guess what I've made it easy you can take me on the road and listen and by the way I'm also going to include some checklists and then use that as that call to action and start to funnel people who are already your listeners into your list 
because they want to access that three-part podcast series. So you, you're right, you've actually already created the audience, but now funnel them back, podcast series. And that allows people who already are kind of your fans and you may not even know that they are you know, avid listeners because so often you probably have this, uh, they'll come up to you and they go, oh, I've been listening to your podcast for years. And you think, oh, thanks, because often we don't get told, do we? That's exactly right. We have no idea. I actually had someone come up to me uh, at a conference that recognized my voice. That that was a really funny moment. They're like, I heard you and I knew that it was you because I listened to your podcast. Exactly. Um, Hang on a minute. I've just let me close my eyes. Yep, it's definitely you. (laughs) That's right. Um, but we don't know. We don't know who's listening. We yeah. see numbers, but we have no idea who they are. Um, yes. So if you're listening to this podcast, reach out to Anne-Marie or I. We'd love to hear from you because sometimes <laughs> it can get a bit, it's not lonely here, but yeah, we, we do our thing and then we just move on to another thing and we have no idea. In this instance, of course, you know, you can then get a contact point, a touch point, because someone is then signing up. And then obviously the subsequent emails, what I then recommend to, to my clients is then have people, hey, I'm glad you connected here. Here, obviously, the series are going to come and going to help you, but I would love to connect with you across my other social profiles. And here's another statistic, which is really interesting. I'm sure your audience has already knows this, but if not, uh, studies have shown that podcast listeners are more likely to follow a brand if they have, you know, the brand on social media if they have a podcast. So that means if someone has subscribed to your podcast series, they're more likely then to want to go hang out with you across other social platforms. And as we know as marketers, uh, the more touch points and Mm. the more relationship you can develop, the quicker someone goes through that buying cycle and the no like and trust. So, you know, again, it's what you do with the series, the the follow-up emails, um, the newsletters that you might, might, send to them I just had a conversation with someone today and um, he's been on my newsletter for years apparently and he said I and I said so what can I do for you he said I just wanted to, to ring up and have a chat and I, I, you've been emailing me or so you know so many times and anyway we spoke for about an hour but this gentleman has had such incredible businesses and you know he his mo basically was to to connect see where where a potential relationship lies and he's got some fantastic business opportunities he's looking at launching his own podcast but he's been on my newsletter for ages and it was through an encouragement you know on on the follow-up subsequent emails that finally he decided you know what I will ring and this is what we need to have in place I think as thought leaders because someone who may just hear about us today may not yet be ready to make a move till you know a number of months down down the track and if we don't have something that continues to allow us to speak into their life to inspire them to empower them uh, then we'll lo- we lose that connection with them so when they're finally ready uh, if you have been doing that through a series and then obviously through the the follow-up newsletter and how you connect with people they're more likely to want to come with you because you've built that trust with them. So, well, in actual so, fact, yeah. it's ninety-seven percent of the people that are in our world are not ready to buy from us. So, yeah. we need to make that's a lot of people. Ninety-seven percent of people that we do have to nurture, and we don't know when it is that they're going to be ready because there's lots of factors. It might not just be money. It might not. It might be that they're not in that position in their life or their business to require your services. So. 
we do need to be constantly inviting them to take that step with us so that when they are ready, then when they are in that little 3%, that they know exactly what to do. And I've had that with even, you know, how I, I shared how I started the very first podcast. I was in the career industry. I would do a weekly newsletter. I've always done that. I, I love writing too. Mm-hmm. And I would have people that would reach out 18 months after being on my list. Okay, now I'm ready to make a move. And basically it was what is the best package for me. They weren't even interested in getting on a call and seeing if they wanted to work with me. They wanted to work with me. What's the best package? And that, I think, is really what happens, isn't it? I mean, if you can consistently deliver high-quality content that's on brand, on topic, then that know, like, and trust really elevates you as that thought leader. And when people are ready, you are going to be the people that, or the person that they connect with and say, look, ready to get started. What's the best process? Well, totally, because if, you're, if, so, if you've got someone that's listening to your show consistently every week, you're top of mind. You are the yeah. first person that they think of. So obviously, I say obviously, but this is not my framework. That's in the, in, the, in the purpose and the plan part. No, that would be in the produce part, your three-part series. Is that right? Yeah, the, the recording of it, for sure. And, and obviously, when you get to the produce part, that is if you want to go on and have uh, an ongoing show. One of the things that I say to all of my clients is you have to have some streamlined process because often, and I hear this, there's another statistic, and I'm not sure how relevant it is, maybe there's more people that are dropping off. They get to about six or seven episodes, the, the episode of their podcast, and they realise just how much hard work is involved. And if they're not generating any results they give up and they walk Mm -hmm. away, which Mm -hmm. is really sad because here's this, you know, eight, seven or eight shows that you've produced, you can start to leverage. But if you have a podcast series and get people back into that, that's, of course, you can start to hit the ground running and generate interest and leads and obviously enroll. But the production side of things can often get people stuck. And that's why I have a system where now I send everyone to one page, my my calendar's there. Uh, And sometimes I I have had up to 23, 24 shows a week. And so for me, I do have a process. I just get the client or the clients, the guests to give me three key points that they want to talk about and we dive into that. Now, if the topic tends to, to go um, a little bit, um, you know, down the rabbit hole because something that they've said was, was quite relevant, then mm-hmm. we'll dive into that. But I, for me, I have to keep that streamlined. So it is a streamlined system, even the A's and so forth to support you. Not that if we're doing things on our own, remember a podcast is probably I would say a thought, many of the thought leaders listening today, Samantha, it's not what they want to become an expert in. What do they want? What are they good at? And make sure that they give enough time and energy that they can continue to focus on that if they're going to have a podcast as part of their, you know, influence building and thought leadership building. So, you know, who's going to produce that if you're not going to do that and have you got a streamlined system? The publish is... You know, because so often people publish it, they'll put it on their website, they'll put it on Apple iTunes and maybe across some of the Android apps and then they just sit back and wait. But you know what? It is so much more than that. Obviously, you need Mm. to get it across those platforms, but you also need to look at how am I going to promote it, which is the next step, publish and then promote. Mm -hmm. I have um, also um, tended to recommend for my clients definitely transcribe the three-part podcast series, turn those into mini blog posts. Each little mini blog post might give a few additional points but go back to the original either podcast series or podcast episode Mm -hmm. and then you can create quote graphics from that what i have tended to do just recently 
is as we know, um, Periscope has now gone from video, like, you know, Periscope video yes. to Periscope yep. live audio. And so what I might do is um, do a bit of a feedback on on a guest or a show that I have just had and give my particular feedback onto that. And then I lead people back to the original podcast episode. So what are ways that you can do that can continue to leverage and get eyes and, or in this case, ears, of ears. course, <laughs> you know, there's always yes. you have continue to do that and often people will launch it they'll publish and they think well I don't have very many listeners yes but you need to get it out there and continue to build that momentum and of course the last step is profiting from that and if you don't have a streamlined way that people can connect with you get on your list go you know get get those nurturing sequence of email it's going to be very difficult for you to profit from that but having those conversations with people and enrolling them and having that all systematized as well so very important but once you've got all of the steps in place it just continues to roll you know roll out from you and mm-hmm. then for many of us who have VAs or contractors or we outsource uh, we can really tap into our team being able to support us in doing that as well. Totally. So profiting is, you know, a big reason that a lot of people don't podcast or lose interest. Uh, And I love that you have, you've brought it up because what I'm hearing is that you're not profiting directly from, you know, advertising or marketing from the podcast episode itself, which is what I think a lot of people tend to think when, when they say, I want to profit from my podcast, they're thinking specifically from monetizing some advertisements. But you're saying we take the profit by making sure that we're funneling the people from our podcast into our funnel so that they turn into prospects and then clients. Yeah, absolutely. There are some strategies that you can do for for, uh, sponsorships. A couple of um, things that I have done, and this was way back before we even talked really about sponsorships, I would often get some guests on the show and they they may have been authors of books and there was a VA too, a VA service, and I really liked who they were. They had core values which were similar to ours, to mine, and then I reached back out to them and said, look, obviously you're looking at various podcasts to really build your brand awareness how about we have a discussion that you become a sponsor of our show and we did that so I only took on one sponsor um, for a 12 to 13 week period which was typically a season and then there were different elements that we would do you know a number of shows they she was able to come on and, and we would speak for five minutes so she was featured on that and then every other show there was a little snippet where I would share something she didn't need, necessarily need to get involved in that so that that there was a sponsorship like such and I mean that was around if I think back for a 15, well, sorry, for it was 1500 US dollars for, for that, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of money, but certainly from an advertiser sponsor's point of view, um, it would be. But and, and so there's certain things that you can do. Uh, and, and for me, I, I was calculating look, do I want to do that? Or would I rather use my podcast as a way to build my influence and thought leadership and maybe use some of my sponsorships as my product? or my free offer. So now what you can do is have sponsors of your show. This show is brought to you by such and such and have it go back to your squeeze page. That's mm. what I do on my show. I say this show is brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, become known as that influential voice in your industry with a podcast. And so, and then at the end of the show, the outro has, if you want to, you know, you've listened to this podcast, if you want to reach the world with your own message on a podcast, uh, you're not sure where to start, sign up for our mini training. And so 
I use very strategically my own, you know, squeeze page or my free offering to get people onto that because I know at the end of the day I'm going to generate far more money through the clients that I work with that funnel into my, you know, online studies or the mastermind group that we have or, you know, helping getting them set up with their own podcasts and podcast series. So I funnel people right back into to my community, you know, my circle, if you will. Love and it. Yeah, that's the because, best way. Yeah, well, like you said, the people are listening to your podcast because they love you. Uh, they love what you're about. Uh, they already know, like, and trust you. So they're the perfect, you are the perfect first person for them to call when they want to work with you or exactly. they want their problems solved, let's say that. Oh, exactly. And you know what's, what I love about this is because so often we get caught up with assuming that vanity numbers is what we need to go by. And I would rather, and I say this all the time, I would rather have 100 people who are engaged, who are sharing, who are working with me, who are listening to my podcast, than millions of downloads and, and achieving news and noteworthy, new and noteworthy and not getting any clients. Mm-hmm. You know, I in a leadership podcast I mentioned earlier and I... It was only through reading a comment on um, Apple Podcasts, and I rarely do that either, um, although it is important to do, obviously, recommend people do that. I yes. saw, oh, I found this podcast through New, new and Noteworthy, and, and I, oh, I missed that. I would have taken a screenshot, obviously, but I was so much more involved in, in quality content, getting great guests lined up, and because that is really what drives me. It set that intention to have such high quality. Don't worry about vanity numbers, and if you do it this way using a strategy that we've just talked about today, you don't need to have thousands of listeners. You just need to have your ideal client listening, your ideal client sharing, getting on your list, being nurtured through the ongoing relationship that you're building. That's how you continue to generate income from your podcast. Perfectly said. Drop the mic. (laughs) Love it, love it, love it. Um, Anne-Marie, you shared heaps of gold. I know that people will want to be reaching out. So, Tell us exactly where we can go to listen to your three-part podcast series. Well, I can. people can access uh, the free mini training at podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's if you haven't got started already. And I t- talk about, you know, obviously the mistakes and things that I made with my podcast. So if you are already podcasting and you have not yet been able to monetize, have a listen through to those and, uh, and then that'll certainly help you because sometimes it's identifying what am I doing that's not really working. But if you go to the ambitious entrepreneur network.com there's a lot of different podcasts there that we host and produce there's also other um podcasts that 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 we've had on on the show as well or on the network that people can certainly listen to but that's probably the best two best places to go go and listen and to reach out and then from there the different social media platforms that people can engage with fantastic fantastic i love the six-part framework the podcast profit framework. I think it's fantastic and it makes so much sense and it walks through so beautifully. I certainly will be going back and listening. There was lots of gold shared there. But for Mm. us to call this complete, what would you like to leave us with today? You know, never underestimate the people that you are interviewing could be your ideal client. I have gotten off a number of podcast interviews where people have said to me, do you have five minutes? 
I said, sure. And they said, look, we would really like to consider, you know, working with you. What, what is the best way to do that? And I have had people that have hired me to do five-part podcast series, which they went on and used to, you know, generate over half a million dollars in investor capital or the voiceover. So don't underestimate the people that you are talking to so, because so often what we do as hosts, we're so focused on the message and obviously, you know, managing the call and so forth that we really forget to build that, that deeper level of engagement with our guests. Just just be mindful of that because you could just be talking to a future potential client who works with you. So, And that's another way to monetize the podcast as well. Perfect. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. You've shared a lot of gold today, a lot of value, and you've been such a, a valuable member here in the Thought Leaders Business Lab today. Oh, thank you so much and thank you for the opportunity. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.